everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. So if y'all want to get crazy, we can get crazy. It's alive, it's alive, it's alive. Welcome to the Two Dudes Movie Reviews Halloween Special. Do you want to play a game? Be afraid. Be very afraid. Listening to two ghouls movie reviews with a spooky sky and a spooky Colin. No, you got to be creepy, Colin. Creepy, Colin. <laughs> I mean, that's that's every day. Yeah, you're a real creep. <laughs> Just sneaking around. You know, I'm a creep. Mm-hmm. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> and Colin, what the hell am I doing here? We're recording a podcast. (laughs) Oh, no. We got to get out of (laughs) here. I don't belong here. (laughs) I think we should. No, we need we need to stay. We need to do this. Like, I don't care if it hurts. I just I think for me, I just want to have control. (laughs) I just want a perfect body. I would say that you do. I mean, that's funny that that you go to the superficial things because you want like a perfect body, which is pretty superficial. But for me, I'm a deeper guy than that. Yeah, because I want a perfect soul. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say we we uh we covered that song. We uh we made that all Scotty. Yeah, yeah, a little ska punk version of Creep by Radiohead. Mhm. That was fun. I had a really good time doing that. Just yeah. just jumping in on your already existing band. I'm like, "Sure, I'll play one show with you guys." <laughs> and change the lyrics to one of your most popular songs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, "I'm not singing those words. I don't know them." <laughs> I'm pretty sure you like you just riffed it in the bridge and you're like, I see all you people out there, beautiful butterflies or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just talking, talking nice things to the audience. I think at one point you can see Ducky's like head tilt. Like what the fuck is he saying? Well, I was, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I remember like in that moment you were doing it. I was just like fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was like the first time we ever made music together. And that was before we were really like, like friend friends, you know, yeah. like, like mm-hmm. talk a lot. Yeah. For your chums. Before we were pals, the chums, you know, at that time, you know, you're a quiet guy. You're, you take, you take a while to warm up, I think. Yeah. And me, um, I was intoxicated all the time. <laughs> so, so uh, pretty warm. Yeah. True. True, true. Yeah. But Mr. Colin, what are we doing today on this extra spooky episode? On this extra spooky episode, we are doing a very special episode because we are mm-hmm. men of the people. We are. Or maybe in this case, maybe we are men of the person. <laughs> men, men of one man. Yeah. <laughs> we are men of one man. But yeah, for this episode, our good buddy John, Jonathan, he, uh, 
he made a donation to the show with the mm-hmm. request that we do a episode on The Shining. So Johnny Boy, as he prefers to be called. That's what he told us. He told us, yeah, he said, don't call me Jonathan, call me Johnny Boy. Yeah, he said, he said, I could, I'm either Johnny Boy, Big John, Lil John, yeah, okay. That's all one, one name. Or The John. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yep, yep, I remember that. Um, Johnson and Johnson, that was another option. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We're just going to use all of them throughout the episode, I guess, because <laughs> we, we could. Because he's a loyal swampy. And we're a, we're men of the person, so mm-hmm. that's that's the two dudes' promise. <laughs> the two dudes' promise is that if you donate to our show, we'll do a review on the movie you requested like six months later. <laughs> well, all right. So yes, this is very late that we're getting to this, but he requested a movie that is so perfect for October, or as we on the show like to call, because. You know, on our first year, we had the summer cram and we had like a little Oscar cram last year. But since we're doing a spooky month of spooky movies, we released Candyman last week. We're doing oh, we haven't even said what movie we're doing yet today, right? No, we haven't. I mean, I'm sure people know because they clicked on the episode, but our listeners are not that adept to figure that out. <laughs> so don't don't go, go giving them too much credit. <laughs> but we haven't discussed this, but we should have like a good name for for this season of, of episodes, this month of episodes, I'm thinking the two dudes, Cocktoberfest. Mm, I like Cocktoberfest. <laughs> I don't know what it has to do with being spooky, but <laughs> it's still a pun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's cool to mention Wiener. <laughs> Get the t-shirt. Cocktoberfest 2021. <laughs> just, just finding more ways to just sell merch. <laughs> oh, you know what? Actually, I had this idea. I'm wearing an Exorcist shirt right now, mm-hmm. and I was at the, I was at a urinal earlier today, and I don't know what made me think of this. Maybe because I was touching my penis. Okay, but I would like for the rest of this month to be refer, referred to as the Sexorcist. Okay, <laughs> like legally or just you? Can you do a temporary legal name change? Like for one month, my name is legally the Sexorcist. <laughs> I don't know. You go to the government, you're like. <laughs> For the next month, I will be known as the sexorcist. And they're just like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know how sometimes on like uh, job applications, it's like, are you known by any other names? <laughs> yeah, right. The sexorcist. Like, the like sexist that. chainsaw massacre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jason Sex. Ooh, Jason Sex. That's really lazy. That's that's the worst one yet. <laughs> Halloween H two Ho. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you know it. Um, I can't think of one. I was trying to do Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, <laughs> that that's a tough one. Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Sixty Ninth. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, That's even lazier. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I don't know if I told you this. Uh, they came out with Pokemon Oreos recently. Oh, I saw those. I got them for Logan. Yeah, yeah. And each each Oreo like is a different Pokemon. I think there's 16, but I guess the Mew one is really hard to get. And uh, so I, I I bought it, and I was I was joking around with Brianna. I was like, 
there's Mew Oreos like selling on eBay for like 20 bucks. And I was like, I really want to like, just like pull one and then put it up on eBay for the joke. Yeah. And, and then I got one. So I didn't eat it. I like put it in a bag and like, I, <laughs> I listed it on eBay. Um, but like when I listed, it, I was like, the only reason that someone is going to buy this thing is probably for like the meme. Like just like, they're probably going to be drunk when I'm going to be like, Oh, this fucking Oreo. I'm going to buy it. So I was like, what better way to, to try and just pry someone's money away from them than to <laughs> sell it for $69. So nice. my, my Mew Oreo is on eBay right now for $69. That's awesome. Yeah. The description of it is like, it was like a PSA nine Mew Oreo like like artwork perfectly centered cream filled to perfection <laughs> it's just like so douchey i love that oh my god remember discovering the cheetos shaped like dicks on ebay it reminded me of that that's one of my favorite things that we did on the show and that was early on it's like episode five or something yeah lost, lost our minds it's the glass episode dude i uh i rented a movie on Amazon Prime recently, which I was actually talking to you on the phone earlier about. It's called mm-hmm. um, Yodorowsky's Dune, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about in a later episode because Dune comes out this week that we're recording mm-hmm. it, actually. The thing about me renting that movie on Amazon is it's not my Amazon account. It's Gabe's. Oh, <laughs> so, so, so it was a dollar forty nine for the rental. So I rented it and then I texted Gabe. I was like, do you have Zell? <laughs> he's like, yeah, why? I'm like, cause I owe you a dollar 50. He's like, how? And I'm like, I rented a movie on Amazon. He's like, I forgot you have my Amazon. <laughs> I'm changing my password. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he gave it the, gave me the password, <laughs> but, um, I sent him instead of sending him a dollar 50, I sent him a dollar 69. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. You know me. Yeah. That was it. But anyways, <laughs> we're doing The Shining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what Johnny Boy, Sir John, Sir Elton John wanted us to do. Actually, that's who it was. Elton John reached out to the show. He heard our review of Rocket Man from two years ago, yeah. and was like, "I bloody love it," <laughs> or however he talks. The worst impression ever. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, it's a bloody good show. <laughs> I was just sipping my tea and crumpets. <laughs> I sipped the crumpets too. <laughs> and I love the show, mate. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Is mate strictly Australian? You're channeling the the Outback man. <laughs> yeah, I'm really still, I'm walking that line. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Elton John reached out. He wants us to do The Shining. We're here to do it. What's up? Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking about it. like we're we're going from like the most immature. We're like ah oh, sixty nine and making puns about boobs and shit. And then we're like oh yeah, The Shining. I'm just like, what would Stanley Kubrick think if he heard us introduce his movie with a <laughs> rant about dicks, <laughs> dicks and sex and sixty nine? Maybe he'd be cool with it because there's a there's a theory that. There's there's some there's some sexy stuff underlying the surface of The Shining. Mm. Mm. I think there's some sexy stuff that's right on top of the surface in this movie. I think there's some sexy stuff on top of you. Oh my god! (laughs) Now I want a perfect body. (laughs) Uh, We gotta we gotta get off of this. 
Yeah, we do have to get off of this. Now, very excited for this. It's a spooky season. So much of a spooky season that we actually have like a ton of new spooky merchandise. Had to plug ourselves because I fucking love the new like Halloween shirts that you did. Colin drew up these shirts that look so fucking good. Yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty dope. This is gonna probably tie into something we're gonna I guess this episode is a good time to like just talk about it, but we are kind of working on a Patreon. But in this case, John just donated just like he just donated to the show and was like, Can you do a review? And we were looking at Patreon and Patreon kind of does it like yearly subscriptions or monthly subscriptions. So we're trying to think of a way where it's like if you subscribe to a yearly subscription for the show, you can get an episode of any movie you want and then like exclusive merch. I don't know. We're, we're still hashing it out. But yeah, with the Halloween merch, uh, it's only going to be up for ho- like till the end of Halloween. Uh, you can get it on our shop right now. Um, but we're thinking in the future of doing more stuff like that, where it's like a limited time design and obviously it would be worth it. Cause sometimes some of our designs are things that we just throw together real quick, but I actually put effort into these. Yeah. If we're, we're going to try and make it where it's going to be a cool design and then maybe it's limited edition and you can only get it on Patreon or something like that. But right now, uh, when you hear this, there are some really cool spooky stuff up on our merch shop. You should check it out. And I pretty much just like loaded it up. Like it's not just t-shirts. Like you can get on anything. I was just like, click everything. So if you want a, uh, you want a shower curtain with that design on it, you can get it. (laughs) I might, I might want a shower curtain. Yeah, no, I love the designs. If you want to see what they are, actually, um, maybe we should keep them up on the, uh, the Instagram page for a while, like pin them in our stories or something. Right now we got a story up, but by the time this episode comes out, that's that's in the past. <laughs> Check the yeah, story. Did you, do? <laughs> <laughs> you did eight designs, is that right? Yeah, there's eight. Yeah. Uh, love the bat, love the clown. Meg loves clowns. Like she's got a whole clown motif going. So um mm-hmm. that might that might have to be copped. The witch has gotta be copped. Yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna order at least six of these on on different shirts or <laughs> Or sweaters or whatever. My my favorite one is probably the devil. I like the devil one a lot. And uh Yeah, that one's cool. And I like the um the pumpkin one, the Jack Skellington Pumpkin King one. All the names on these, by the way, are like super like stupid. <laughs> I don't know if you saw them on the shop. No, I didn't look on the shop yet. I just saw the pictures of what you posted. The the Jack Skellington one on the shop is J- Jack Off Skellington. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, that's a hundred percent what it should <laughs> yeah. be. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're all stupid. Yeah, I think uh, there's a Cthulhu one. The Cthulhu one's called a uh, Cthulhu original movie. Mm. Okay, <laughs> I like that. I was like, wh- I was like, what do I do with Cthulhu? Oh, Hulu. <laughs> yeah, Cthulhu Plus. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. So yeah, follow. I mean, you know, definitely follow us and like check that stuff out. That's a, that's a good way to keep up on that. But yeah, go check out that uh, limited Halloween merch because it is the season to be spooky. Follow la 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 boo. <laughs> so they say. Yeah. Now, <laughs> something else that makes this episode really special, Colin. We don't have a trailer park. No. But if you're gonna donate to our show and you're gonna request an episode. You're going to be a loyal swampy and we're like, yeah, we're going to do this episode. 
we're not going to do a trailer park because it's an old movie. It's a classic movie. It's a, it's a, it's a cinematic masterpiece possibly. Who knows? We haven't given it our grade yet, but if we're not going to do a trailer park, then daddy's going to bring a game to the table. Ooh. So we haven't done a game in a while. It's funny. Cause you had told me earlier, you're like, I'm bringing a game. And then I was like, is it actually a game? Cause now I have to ask, Yeah, you like, do have did to you ask. actually make a game or is it, or did you just come up with a pun? <laughs> so it started as a pun. Of course. Then <laughs> now we're started as a pun and now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> but as all good games do, they start as puns, mm. at least for this show. Yeah. But I did figure out the mechanics for the game and I have the game and I'm calling it shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Ooh. Yeah. We might get sued for using a Rihanna sound drop. Who knows? But <laughs> the way this game is played is uh, I'm going to give you a movie title. Okay. And you have to tell me if it's a movie where they make references to The Shining, either visual reference or dialogue reference to The Shining. Okay. Or a movie that has a Rihanna song in it. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So are you ready to play Shine Bright Like a Diamond? I was going to say, I might be really good at this, not because I love The Shining, but because I love Rihanna. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You love Rihanna. You love Brianna. True, true. Yeah. Aw, cute. All right. All right. <laughs> so I got, a, I got a couple movies here. I'm going to pick randomly from my list. The first one, Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. Ooh. Wreck-It Ralph. Hmm. Wreck-It Ralph has a Rihanna song. Yeah, it does. Okay, I, th- I was gonna. I like Wreck It Ralph a lot, so I was like, I should know that. See, I thought I might get you because because Wreck It Ralph is a very referential movie by nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought that one might be a good one to trip you up coming out the gate, but you you got it. You stuck the landing. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> no, you're welcome. All right, the next one, Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo has a Shining reference. Yeah, it does. How did you know that? It was an obscure reference. It has something to do when, um, because I did, I did, I did research this mm-hmm. during uh, there's a chase sequence where like Marlin and Dory are escaping the sharks and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, one of them is like going crazy and banging on the door. And mm-hmm. he says, like, here's Brucey, like the the here's Johnny. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, so now you're starting to get like, okay, that, that's the level of like reference we're talking here. It could be something like that. It could be a visual cue or something. Okay, cool. All right. So you're two, you're two for two. You're doing great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. The Angry Birds movie. The Angry Birds movie. Ooh. See, the Angry Birds movie feels like the type of movie that would have a shining reference to it, but it also feels like the type of movie that would have some crappy music. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Shade on Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go shining on that one. Fuck. You're good at this, man. Yeah. It's got a shining reference. Nice. Yeah. I, I mean, little, a uh, little fun fact back in my youth when I, uh, there's a couple of times where I was like, I really want to see this movie, but I don't want to like go to the movies to see it or like it's not in the theaters anymore. Uh, I torrented the Angry Birds movie 
<laughs> and yeah. and I got a letter from Big Brother basically being like, "Don't you dare torrent this movie." <laughs> and I was it's like, "Not oh, good." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not worth it. Imagine that's the one you serve jail time on. <laughs> yeah. Out of all things, it's actually funny. My friends also got a warning, and it was for the Lorax. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm just imagining you're in prison. It's like maximum security prison. People in there for like murder and hard, hard, hard crimes. You're like, what are you in for? And you're like, Angry Birds. Yes, I torrented the Lorax. <laughs> <laughs> the Lorax got me locked up. Yeah. I'm the Lorax. I speak for the court. Damn that DeVito. <laughs> All right. Nice. Well, yeah, three for three. Yeah, I got a couple more. Got a couple more here. The SpongeBob movie, Sponge Out of Water. Okay. Um, Rihanna. Nah, that's a Shining reference. Ah, damn. Yeah, it's like a like a come play with us, you know, type thing. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. Uh, there's two popsicle <laughs> twins and they're stuck together and like Plankton sees them and they're like come play with us. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Finally stumped you on one. About time. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Home. Oh, um, I'm going to say Rihanna in that one. Yeah. Rihanna's all over that. I think she's in the movie. Yeah. 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 That was, that was an easy one. Yeah. I've, I've seen home only once, but, uh, okay. That one's not a bad movie. Logan used to watch that a lot. I'm like, this isn't the worst. It's not good. It's not great, but it's pretty good. It's okay. Yeah. I think it was pretty unoffensive. Yeah. It's that's, I would put it that way. I think it was on Netflix and that's where I watched it. Like I, I streamed it one day over like the course of a couple sittings. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do, um, what is that? Five. That's five. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I got a couple more written down. We'll just, we'll just go through. Them. I was, I was just doing all the animated movies first. Cause I was surprised at how many animated movies had the shining in it that were like, in the time where Rihanna was popular. So I was like, oh, this might get him. <laughs> Talking to an animator. So I've probably yeah, seen I all know. Those That's movies. why I was like, eh. But they're all bad animated movies. So I figured with the exception of Finding Nemo. Wreck-It Ralph, Ralph is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's half and half, but whatever. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you, man. Hmm. I love, I love you too, man. Oh. That should be the sequel. I love you too, comma, man. <laughs> I'm going to be pretty upset if I don't get this one because I've watched this movie an absurd amount of times. Um, mm-hmm. Rihanna. Damn it. You're right. Okay. I was going to say, I don't, I don't remember Man. a shining reference in it. Yeah, there wasn't one. That's why, that's why you don't remember it. <laughs> I think I've said on the pod before that like probably my most watched comedy of all time is probably liar, liar, but number two possibly might be, I love you, man. Wow. Yeah. You love that movie, man. I do. <laughs> nice. Good for you. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Ready Player One. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was super obvious. Uh, I did write it down, but only to research and be like, was there a Rihanna song in that? Because I was looking for one where I can swerve you. Yeah. And um, it was not an easy task. <laughs> uh, last one. Bridget Jones, baby. Wait, what? Bridget Jones, baby. It's like the third Bridget Jones movie or something. I've never heard of that one. (laughs) All right. 
I'm going to say The Shining just to say it. No, it's Rihanna. Okay. That's what it should be. <laughs> yeah. I'm imagining I'm having a baby. And then like, all work and no play makes Bridget Jones. Jones. <laughs> an old lady. <laughs> I was gonna say, the the, uh, the reference to Bridget Jones' baby is the same way that uh, Jordan Peele did it in Us, where he poses two dead bodies in the same position as the as the the girls. Yeah, <laughs> I almost said twins, but they're not really twins. True, true, true. <laughs> well, all right. Well, that was a game. We did it. That was the probably the best <laughs> you've ever done in any of our games. I was gonna say it when I was when I was uh, three for three. I was like, yo, if I like hundred percent this it would be it'd be uh making history on the show mm-hmm. never done that and i was like i was like but do i really want to like make history on like a rihanna <laughs> rihanna game <laughs> yeah i think you do i think you love rihanna mm, yeah she's your favorite artist <laughs> you have every album mm-hmm. framed on the wall <laughs> yeah i actually stole her her gold records yeah yeah just the gold ones though not the platinums. She can keep the platinums. Yeah. I don't care about platinum. Yeah, you got the golds. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. She, she let the gold ones go. Right. Once she got the platinum ones, she takes the gold ones down, puts them up for her yard sale, which you frequent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where I found them. Yeah, because you're neighbors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I hope you had fun listening to that, Elton John Goodman. <laughs> Elton John Goodman. That's a good uh, That's a good mashup. <laughs> I wonder wonder what it is with uh with people with the name john with uh you getting their name wrong because our buddy john <laughs> you couldn't remember his last oh, name yeah. so his name his last name in your phone is john handjob <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i was talking about i was talking about it with meg like some uh some band story and she went to the she went to montclair where we recorded a song like one demo and um I was just like, I was like, I don't know if he went to that school or whatever, but he's, he's a little bit older than her. And I was just like, I was like, I can't remember his last name. She's like, how can you not remember his last name? I'm like, well, his name is in my phone as a joke. (laughs) And now I can't remember it. I'm like, it's not Hancock, is it? I would have just put it in his Hancock. And I'm like, no, that's like a historical figure. That's definitely not this guy. And then I was like, maybe I shouldn't save people's name in my phone as hand job <laughs> but then i remembered his last name and i felt better about myself as i'm not i'm like i'm not the worst person in the world nice but in my defense my dad has been uh in my phone since 2000 like five or six like even like in like nokia brick phone yeah um, he's always been in my phone as big bald guy <laughs> So that's just transferred from every phone and I just never change it. <laughs> um, there's a couple of them. My friend, Jason J um, he's in my phone is Jay Leno. <laughs> okay. I'm going through my, my contacts right now. There's this kid, uh, this kid named Jared that I went to high school with. I haven't talked to Jared in like 10 years, so I doubt he's going to hear this, but, uh, Oh, he went to Jared's. Yeah. Jared, uh, nice. went like ham on the gym. Like all, like all through high school and then into college. So we, there was like one yeah. day where we were like, we were, I don't even know why we were just like making fun of the fact that he's, he's gaining so much muscle. So, and I think, I think, I think someone was talking about how his, his pecs are huge or something. So Jared's name in my phone is big Jerry nips. 
Love that. <laughs> I did. Really it's like the, that. The dumbest one. <laughs> yeah. At one point, I deleted them all now because I'm like, why? Why are they still in the? Because you know, sometimes you add contacts to your phone, mm-hmm. and then you're like, you just forget about them forever because you never use them. Yeah. So, so then you just have this, just way too many contacts in your phone. You're like, why do I have all of these? Like, I don't call. 95% of these. So then you have to go through and delete everything. And that's like phone numbers from years ago. Where you're like, Whoa, people used to work with and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like a couple months ago, I had to delete like a good, like dozen or so people with the last name of Tinder. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, I got a lot of this family in here. The Tinder family, <laughs> the Tinder family. I got the whole directory. <laughs> one, one more for me, my friend, Frank, He's one of my, one of my really good friends actually, but Frank, uh, remember he, he used to be really, he might still be, he was, he was really into like loose tea and he would always like bring like my mom, like, cause she's really into tea. He'd always like bring her like some like new, like blend or whatever, but he's in my phone as Frankie. Oh, tea? Yeah. Tea. Like, like sipping the tea. Oh, I thought you said loose pee. Oh no, no. I mean, maybe. <laughs> like... Like, like, do you mean just like pee that's not in a toilet? Like <laughs> in a Ziploc bag, it's loose. <laughs> yeah, like that Canadian milk. Yeah. Here's my bagged urine. <laughs> Punch a straw through it like a boba tea. <laughs> <laughs> but Frank is in my in my phone is Frankie tea bag. <laughs> oh, I love that. That sounds like a mobster <laughs> name from like a Dick Tracy type thing. Frank tea bag. Call Frankie Teabag. Why do they call him that? Because he always teabags his moita victims. victims. Yeah. <laughs> First he moitas them and then he teabags them. It's the ultimate disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. I got to do this to you, kid. Speaking of teabags real quick, you know, I watched I watched uh, Free Guy. Cause, oh, awesome. Cause, uh, I had the time and I was like, oh, yeah, let me check this out. And um, I laughed so hard at the the, the tea bag thing. Like it's kind of like early in the movie mm-hmm. when he like leaves the building and looks out. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just like it doesn't look like a video game. They're like actors playing out like video game avatars. Yeah, you just see somebody get murked, and then this this grown <laughs> man just like starts doing the tea bag thing. <laughs> yeah. Did you Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. It was pretty good. Yeah, it didn't blow me away, but I, I had fun. It was definitely fun. It was it like way like surpassed my expectations. I because I think when we did the trailer park, we were like, this I don't know, like this might be like okay, but like I had a, I had a really good time. Like I think if I was grading it, it'd probably be like a, like B minus or B. But uh, I think that's I think that's where I put it. Yeah, there's some there's some really fun parts though, like the part with uh you know all the properties that they use at the end is awesome and the cameos. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know, uh, speaking of t- the teabag part, there's another part where there's like a, a hooded person on the news and he's like, like, yeah, I used to kill NPCs. And then I teabag him. You know, that's John Krasinski. Really? Yeah. John Krasinski did that cameo. <laughs> you don't see him. He that's just, awesome. he just talks about teabagging someone. <laughs> that's, that's great. I love that. Yeah. So you're welcome. Elton John Goodman. That is a little free guy. That was that was a free review for a free guy. Yeah, <laughs> thrown in with the shining, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, what do you say, Colin? Do you want to do you want to start talking about this this uh, this movie? 
here that we gotta we gotta get into? We gotta. We gotta. All right. Now, full disclosure, I still have not watched the movie yet. <laughs> You've never seen it? Nope, never seen it. Never even heard of it. What is this? I thought it was. I thought it was shinning. <laughs> yeah. There's something about shins. Like I thought it was going to be like a, a medical, like procedural type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Then I did a little bit of research, and I was like, mm, it seems scary, so I don't want to watch it. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> like it's too scary. Scary. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to I'm just going to get to it. <laughs> the Shining directed and written by Stanley Kubrick. Uh, before this, he had done 2001 A Space Odyssey and A Clockwork Orange. And then after that, Full Metal Jacket. I mean, Stanley Kubrick is Stanley Kubrick. He's one of the, the masters of the craft. Um, mm-hmm. And then Diane Johnson is also a writer on this movie. But this is pretty much her only writing credit in terms of feature length films like till this day. And then it's funny. uh Stephen King is listed as a writer on the movie because they were adapting a source material, but he like he didn't actually contribute much to this movie and he hates the movie. <laughs> so it's just yeah. funny. Yeah, I think we've talked about this maybe on Doctor Sleep or it was, Yeah, it was Doctor Sleep. Because we've done a few uh we've done a few Stephen King movies now on the show. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. we did it chapter two on the show, uh Pet Cemetery. Doctor Sleep. What else? Was there something else that I'm missing, or is it just those three? Um, it might be just those three. I have to think about it. Well, though. still, he's come up, and I think every time we mention how ridiculous it is that, like, what is? I don't even want to say probably. I think what is definitively the best Stephen King movie is The Shining. Yeah, like as a movie, it is. It stands so far above and beyond any other motion picture depiction of Stephen King's work. And it's his least favorite. <laughs> I know of, of the movies. I'm like, bitch, have you even seen maximum overdrive? <laughs> it's <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? I wonder if it's, it's his least favorite because there's a pretty big departure from his source material. And he's like, you can't do that to my work. But like, there are things that this movie does differently than the book that make the movie just like what it is. And we'll get it all into yeah. that. Um, as far as the cast, it's really Jack Nicholson as Jack, uh, Shelley Duvall as Wendy, Danny Lloyd as Danny and Benjamin brothers, AKA Scatman as Halloran. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much those four. There's, there's a few other people in it, but really it's, it's those four and mainly the three. Yeah. It centers around the family. Yeah. You could argue that the Overlook Hotel is also a character in the movie. Oh, that is, I mean, we're, we'll talk all about that. The The use of, like, the the sets and the environment and stuff in this movie are masterworked. It's a, it's so good. Um, mm-hmm. I did want to, did you rewatch this, like, leading up to this? You know, I wanted to. This movie is, is a classic. It's obviously... Um, this movie is on my must watch October movie list. Mm-hmm. There are a few movies that I watch every year in October. And then, you know, in years where it's like, oh, you know, I don't either. I don't have a kid to take trick or treating or when Logan was like one or two years old and we're not really taking him trick or treating, just stayed home and watched movies all day on Halloween. Just watched scary movies all day. Yeah. Um, this was always in the list, obviously Halloween because it's Halloween and you got it. You know, what better movie to watch than 
the movie named after the day. Um, I'd always watch Rosemary's Baby, Hellraiser. And yeah, The Shining was always, always in there. So it's a movie I've watched pretty religiously at least once a year for most of my life. Nice. I was, I was just asking cause, uh, I actually, I watched it two or three nights ago. Um, mm-hmm. Brianna had actually never seen it. So I was like, we're going to watch it. But, uh, Whoa. Yeah. She'd never seen it. that would be awesome to experience it through somebody else's eyes. Who's never seen it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like, we were, it was fun to talk about it afterwards too. Like someone who, who didn't know all the, the behind the scenes stuff, but what I was going to say is though, I picked this up on 4k cause they remastered this in 4k. Oh, and I love the way that cover art looks for that one. It's like mostly white, right? Yeah. It's, it's white. And then, and then like red and black and it's got like the silhouette of Jack on mm-hmm. it with the ax. But, uh, yeah, if it's, if it's not my Lord of the Rings 4k, this is the best looking 4k I've ever seen. Like if anyone is like really into like watching movies on 4k in their home theater and all that shit, like you got to pick up the shining 4k because it is, We'll get into it. Obviously, the movie's filmed amazingly, but it was almost like watching a brand new movie, how good it was. Like, I, I turned it on, I was like, holy shit, this looks amazing for a movie that was made 40 years ago. Uh, it's like, wow. it's yeah, it's really good. Well, I think that's something that Kubrick is way ahead of his time in is these these big open shots and like his framing and just... His his eye his for for the visuals in his movies are just so 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 like far beyond most directors' scope. I feel like mm-hmm. like he just had such a unique, especially for the time, because like it's definitely recreated now and things. Like I think of um, like in Prometheus, like that opening scene with Michael Fassbender. Like, I feel like that is a very like 2001 space odyssey. Like you can see his influence in a lot of places now, especially in, in sci-fi, but he was just so ahead of his time with that stuff. And I feel like it makes it kind of timeless and it makes it translate really well when they do remaster it. And, you know, if we want to start talking about some of like the, um, the things that make this movie unique or, or great is for me, I think this is, um, this is like an early example of what we talked about with like midsummer where you're taking the horror and you're taking it out of the dark and you're making sure you can see everything like this movie with the exception of like the end when they're in the maze. And even then it's very well lit. It is, uh, it's not hiding anything in the shadows on you. It's not like these movies where it's like, you know, your typical haunted house movie, it's dark and creaky and it's, you know, decrepit and spooky and there's like rusty chains and there's cobwebs and things like this. And you can't really see around the corners. Mm -hmm. This is a, it's a modern building. It's well lit, you know, bright hallways, bright rooms. You see everything going on. And I think what makes the movie so weird and creepy or scary is how empty such a large building is. And you feel like, how isolated they are up there that it doesn't need to be all decrepit and falling apart. Like it doesn't need to be like an old spooky hotel. What's spooky about it is just the vastness of this building. And you get so much of that scope Mm -hmm. with the way it's shot and with these huge set pieces and scenes. And like, especially like that, that main hall room, like where he's, um, 
where he's typing everything. And then like, you know, later Shelly Duvall finds the typewriter and what he's been yeah. working on. Mm-hmm. Like I, th- I think of stuff like that. And like, I see that influence in Denis Villeneuve when you see like the, the massive scope of like the rooms in like 2049 and how it's just like, there's a room with like a chair in it, but the ceiling goes on forever. And like, mm-hmm creating this world that is so expansive and big, but empty and void and giving you that unsettling feeling that way. The dude's a fucking master. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to say this cause you're talking about like what makes this movie kind of like scary and stuff like that. The there's a, you know, one of the big departures between Stephen King's book and then, and then this movie is really in the Jack character because um, in the book, Jack is mainly like, a loving dad. Um, like he, he has had demons in his past, like the alcoholism and stuff like that. But he, for the most part cares about his, his, he loves his wife, cares about his kid, blah, blah, blah. In this movie, he starts up and he pretty much resents him like the whole time. And then in the book, like there's really no ambiguity of whether or not the hotel is, is haunted or if there's some sort of spirit there, whatever you want to call it. And for a large part of the movie, there kind of is an ambiguity to it and you're not sure if uh, like Jack is doing these things because something is making him do it or it's because the like cabin fever and isolation of the, the hotel is drawing that out of him and kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, I think you had mentioned Ari Aster with Midsummer, but like he plays a lot on, like what are the things that like humans find the scariest? It's the things that they can actually like relate to. And, and then this, like what's scarier, like a demon hotel type thing, or is it the thought that someone that you live with every day has it within themselves to kill their family? Like for me, that's what's scary about the movie is that they they're living with someone who has the capacity to murder. Yeah. And it's somebody who's like super close. Like you, you trust your, uh, safety and your life to these, this person. And yeah, for them to be able to flip on a dime and just fucking ax your face, yeah, you know, like, or try to, um, it's terrifying, you know, like who mm-hmm. is the monster that's inside of you. That's what's scary. It's not, not even as much of the horrors of the hotel itself. Cause we really don't see a lot. Like if you think about like what the hotel does, mm-hmm. there's not like a lot of examples of like, look, this scary thing, this scary thing, this scary thing, a couple images here and there. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, yeah, it's, it focuses its attention on the relationships between Jack and his, his wife and son, you mm-hmm. and McGregor. Exactly. exactly yeah and then just one last thing you know going off the scares and why this movie's so scary um shelly duvall's performance in this movie is like amazing and part of the reason why it's so scary her reactions to things are just like chilling (laughs) especially the parts later on in the movie oh yeah um but i think across the board the acting on this movie is extremely strong yeah i mean they keep it really simple uh, stripped down cast like we were talking about. And um, I think it's obvious that Jack Nicholson is great. People love Jack Nicholson, but yeah, Shelly Duvall is really like fucking selling the terror in this. She is so good. Like she's her performance is 
incredible. Like she's, she does such a good job in this. And I feel like, um, you know, I, I, I would assume that like fans of the movie would have to give it up to her, but like, I feel like you just don't hear her get enough of the credit for this movie because, you know, Jack's turn is more of the central focus for everybody. So like Mm -hmm. a lot of like the quotable lines are his or attributed to him. So I feel like she doesn't get as much praise as she deserves, but yeah, she's incredible. Mm -hmm. So also, you know, Danny Lloyd, one for a kid actor. I think he has a a few really good moments in the movie, but it's for a kid actor. Like sometimes that's, that's hard. And then also just, I don't really know if he was someone who wanted to even do like if he was a, a kid actor that was like serious about it. Cause you know how there's some kid actors that are like, this is what I want to do. And they like take classes even from a young age. Yeah. Like Danny Lloyd, all he's been in his entire life is this. And then one TV movie. And then he made a cameo in Dr. Sleep. Right. So it's like, I don't know. They, they found someone who, I don't know, maybe was a little unconventional because I'm sure there's people that probably auditioned for the part that, you know, were like seasoned actors, but uh, this kid did a great job. And uh, yeah, just all across the board, I feel like the acting contributes to the horror and what we were saying before with like the themes of the movie. uh, I don't think this is a movie that is scary in terms of like jump scares or um, like gore and stuff like that, but it's more... uh, scary in terms of like the themes and kind of like the visuals and it's not gore. It's more just like there are things in this movie that are visually very unsettling. Yeah. Um, I think, and this movie is like the cornerstone of the psychological thriller slash horror genre. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is, this is the, the master mold for all of these other things to come. And like, like I said, I think that, Kubrick's fingerprints are all over Hollywood and like modern cinema. I think a lot of people pull from, but especially the shining the way that this movie reshaped an entire genre forever is just undeniable. Like I think a lot of uh, what Ari Aster uses, like I know I mentioned midsummer before, but like even hereditary, I don't think you would have movies like that without this specifically, not even just Kubrick, but Mm -hmm. the shining specifically. Yeah, for sure. We had mentioned really, you know, early on, just like how the hotel is of itself a character. But um, I feel like we should probably hit just like how visually awesome this movie is. And, and then in that also talk about the hotel, because what they do with the, the hotel is awesome in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cinematography, this movie just looks awesome. Like it, it holds up so well. And I love like this is for me, like one of like the best uses of how you should be using your environment in the movie to build a world. Like I'm trying to figure out how to, how to say this, but you know, the hotel interior is not a real hotel. They, they built this on a set, but throughout the movie, they, they do these really long shots where like Danny or a character will like walk like the whole distance of a floor and it really like in your mind your brain is like okay this is a real place type thing mm-hmm. um and then there's other scenes where he's on like the floor above but you can see the f- the floor below him and it like builds this grandiose hotel up 
even if you're not even thinking about that, you're, you're like your brain is telling you that this is a real place. And I think just the way that it's done in this movie, unlike most other ones, really creates a real place, makes it a character. And it's a mastercraft, like I said earlier. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's it's fucking I mean, it's brilliant. I, I really wish I read the book because I don't know all the ways that it's different from the book. And I love Stephen King, but I'm just going to say this. I bet you Kubrick is better. <laughs> Probably. I mean, there's, there are things in the book that I do like better than the movie, but as a whole, I like the movie better. And and they're for yeah, different. You read the, you read the whole book. Yeah. I've read, I've read the book and the really like the main thing for me is I think in the book, the characters as a whole might be a little bit better just because I don't think there's much of an arc to Jack's character and probably Danny's character as well. I think Shelly Duvall has a little bit of an arc in the movie where it's just kind of like, she has to like stand up to him kind of at the end. Um, but that's, you're kind of uh grasping at straws with that. Um, but like I said, right. with, with the book, the characters are much different. Like Jack, when he's being taken over by the hotel and stuff, he actually has a like internal struggle with himself. Like I, I can't do this. And there are, I think there's just more like emotion behind the characters in the movie or in the book compared to the movie, but the book doesn't have the layers behind it of like symbolism and like what it could be about. And then, you know, decades worth of questions that could be debated. I think, I think the movie has much more, uh, you know, replayability in that way. Interesting. Very interesting. I mean, if it saves me time from reading, then great. <laughs> Because I'm reading Dune. Because I'm reading Dune, yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I'm 300 pages deep on a 600-page book. So yeah. I don't got time for all that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, listen, I love reading Stephen King. I've read a I'm not going to say a lot. I've read, like, I think four or five books. And I know the man has a ton more. But I felt like that's an, enough for <laughs> for a start. Um, I do like his his writing and everything. But I can understand him being upset that changes are made because it's like his work. And then like, he feels like he's not seeing on screen what he wrote down on paper. Maybe he just wants an honest depiction of like, he just wants it to be like a copy of what he does. But I think that's one of the things that make this movie so great is that those elements, like you're talking about of what, what the, what's the theme? What is the movie? Like Kubrick improved on because characters, yes, characters being great is important in a movie as well as in a book, but in a book, you have a lot more space. You have a lot more time you can take to develop those characters. And in like a visual medium, you need to be able to, to convey so much more in such a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you know, it's the pictures worth a thousand words type thing. I think that um, him making those changes to fit, a more thematic thing. Like I, I feel like that is, um, that's some, that's like a welcome change. Like now, like I would like to see in, in certain movies, especially like reboots and stuff like that, or it's just like, don't make it the same, like find the heart, find the core of what is the movie, like what makes it what it is, whatever, whether it's scary or romantic or whatever type of movie you're making. 
And how do you drive that theme through everything? Mm-hmm. How is how do you embed it in everything, in your characters, in the visuals, in the sound? And I feel like so much of this story is told not just through dialogue or character, but it's through feeling and through tone that yeah, it makes sense to need to change a few things to make that through line present mm-hmm. and make everything fit into that. So... I, I mean, I love it for that, but I can see why if you're the guy who created it, you'd be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, <laughs> why'd you do that to my thing? <laughs> um, and that being said, you know, Stephen King has also hopped up on a fuck ton of cocaine. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he probably just didn't get it. Like when he saw the movie, I can't imagine like now he can look back at that movie and be like, this is crap. Like it's. <laughs> or maybe he's upset because the world looks at it with such high esteem and it's the thing that, that diverged most from any of his works. And he's like, wow, the thing that everybody likes the most is the thing that was changed the most from my creation. Like it's, yeah, it's not even my shining that people like it's Kubrick's. Yeah. Well, that's why they hire bums to do the majority of his movies. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, let's get a bunch of scrubs who are just going to do what I want them to do. Yeah. I mean, there's really good uh, Stephen King, um, you know, adaptations out there, obviously. But I I feel like The Shining is like the one where it's they they got someone to do the movie. And it's like that guy is like, without a doubt, the best working director at the time. Like, that would be like right now if they were like. Quentin Tarantino is going to do like a Stephen King adaptation or something like that. Like that's just, they got like the biggest guy or at least like the biggest visionary at the time to do an adaptation of one of his books. And it's like, yeah, well you're, you're hiring someone who's probably knows way more about film than you do. So just let him do his thing. (laughs) Oh, you know what we should have done? Should have, we should have made like, um, like a list top three directors right now who you would want to see do a Stephen King adaptation. Mm. I mean, Quentin Tarantino would be really cool. <laughs> oh yeah. We have to pick, we have to pick like a wild story. That'd be a good one for like maybe Carrie. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tarantino's Carrie or Cujo. Oh, <laughs> that'd be ridiculous. <laughs> Tarantino doing Cujo would be cool. Now, I want to see Guillermo del Toro. Oh, he would kill d- it. Take on Stephen King. Yeah, he would he would kill that. Yeah, something something creature heavy or like something like, you know, yeah. where he can really go wild with the visuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to mention this just because um, I actually think it was our last episode that we recorded, which was Candyman. I was talking about score. We, we talked about how like this past year there has been a ton of things score wise that have really stood above the pack. But the score to The Shining is probably one of my favorite of all time. Like. I I love the the music in this movie and I remember when the Doctor Sleep trailer came out and when the title card came up and they just played like the shining motif behind it I got chills. I was just like, "Damn, it's so good." Dude, it's iconic. Oh man, it's so good. Like when that trailer dropped, but also like in the movie when in the Doctor Sleep when they're they're like, "All right, we got to go to the hotel." And it's flying over the water and it's mm-hmm. on its way to the overlook. And like the song starts and I'm just like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's amazing. It's also, you know, like there's uh, a bunch of like really cool things with this movie. Like 
do you know the thing where they used um one of the cuts of Blade Runner uses footage from The Shining from the drone footage in the beginning? Oh, really? Yeah, so like um there is I can't remember if it was the theatrical version of Blade Runner. I think it was or if, if it was the next one that came out, because there's like three versions of Blade Runner. But the last scene of, I think it's the theatrical, is Deckard uh, driving. And in that sequence, and then it's kind of like there's like a crossfade and, and it's got Harrison Ford and like a voiceover. Um, I think it compared to the, the, the final cut of Blade Runner, it's shitty. But yeah, the footage came from the drone footage from the very beginning of The Shining. Like they just borrowed it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I love that. But it's, it's just funny, like like we were talking about, you know, playing that game earlier. So many movies use The Shining, either in, in subtle ways or just ways where it's just like, hey, can we borrow footage from it because it's so freaking good? Like, even, uh, I know Ready Player One's not like the highest form of cinema, but I did think it was really cool when I was watching that movie that they like created, recreated scenes from the movie and stuff like that. And uh, it's just, it's just crazy how, you know, that movie came out a couple years ago. It's crazy now that there's still like directors wanting to use entire set pieces from The Shining for their movies and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a, it's a testament to one, how amazing it is. But like there's so few movies. It actually makes me think about now with movies, what ones will actually become timeless. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's hard to make a movie in any time that doesn't feel stuck in that time. Like a lot of seventies movies, it's so fucking seventies that it's like, yeah, we get it. Yeah. And I feel like this one, this was in the seventies, right? This movie, it came out in 1980. Oh, 80. Okay. So just into the eighties, but see, doesn't even feel eighties. It doesn't because nothing about the movie feels trapped in its time period because well it's isolated it's just in one location it's not like oh we're at the we're at the disco or we're here and there and like oh look at all these (laughs) these retro cars and stuff and it's not retro then but you know i think that's like a thing with like a lot of movies from the 70s 80s they become time capsules for their when it was made Mm -hmm. and this one i think because of one, not only the nature of the story and but like the the setting and how limited everything is. This isn't a movie where you feel like, well, I'm watching this old movie or oh, I'm watching, you know, this this moment in time. Like this can replay forever and it's so influential and just well crafted that you can study it forever. And there's so many like documentaries and books and things about the movie, the story, the production behind it. Um, there's a documentary uh, room 237. Mm-hmm. I did want to ask you based on something from room two, 237. Cause there's, there's so many theories of what this like movie is actually about. And I feel like when, when I was, when I was watching that, there's a lot of things where in my head, I'm like, that's interesting, but I, I don't completely buy it. Or there were other things where I'm like, I could actually really see that. Do you have a theory of your own that you prescribe to more than the others or that you really like? You know, I don't remember all the different the different theories in Room 237 because it had been so long since I've watched that. 
I think uh, I think one of the ones that's like the most out there and it's not it's not my favorite, but it's one that like I, I did like to, I was talking to Brianna about it just because I like there's there's one and it's just a lot of the movie is basically like Kubrick's like kind of like inner monologue with himself in like dealing with the fact that he had to fake the uh, Apollo 11 footage. <laughs> Like uh, there's mm-hmm. people I think that the footage was faked and I, Stanley Kubrick was hired to fake it. And there's a bunch of things oh, in the yeah. movie that like lead you to believe that. And I like, I don't really believe that, but it is, it is interesting. Cause there's a lot of things that like kind of like tie in together. I like two thirty seven is apparently the, the moon's like 237 million miles away. And Danny wears the Apollo 11 sweater and there's like a whole monologue that Jack has where he's basically just like, don't you understand like the contracts that I have with my employer? And they're saying that was like probably something that Kubrick had to talk about with his wife and this and that. Like, like I said, I didn't buy it, but I was just like, that's like really out there. And I think just because it's so out there, I, I liked it. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I actually, I follow a company on Instagram and they made a shirt and it's like, um, they're like, they look like crew t-shirts and it says, um, Stanley Kubrick moon landing. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're like, they're like crew t-shirts as <laughs> like the year and the, everything else. Yeah. The one that, that I've heard that I think actually makes the most sense is like we had mentioned earlier. Like, I think there's a lot of like sex undertones to this movie. There's a lot of scenes in this movie where they they cut and they decide not to show stuff but you know i think the one scene that is probably the most like debated or the most like what the fuck is the is the bear blowjob scene <laughs> yeah oh, like, yeah. later on in the movie and uh there's a lot of evidence to suggest that jack nicholson's character in the movie they established that he has been like he has abused danny um, and they mentioned one time where he like broke his arm or, or just look, I can't remember w- which one it is, but uh, there's a lot of evidence to suggest that he's actually sexually abusing him and that the bear is a representation of Danny. And there's just like a bunch of stuff littered throughout the movie like that. Like there's the one part where it's in the beginning of the movie and Jack Nicholson is reading a magazine and his new boss comes up to him and he's just like, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, just reading a magazine. He throws it down and it's a playgirl magazine. <laughs> Like, oh really? Yeah, it's a it's a of all things, it's a playgirl. It's like he's reading a playgirl in front of his boss. <laughs> yeah, I like keeping it professional. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there's like the thing with uh, you know, room two thirty seven, and you never see Danny go into the room, and you see Jack Nicholson go into the room, and then he experiences what he experiences, and then he comes back, but then rather than uh, be like. Yeah, there's some fucked up shit in this hotel. He just denies the whole thing to his wife. And so there's a theory that when they experience the room together, like it was at the same time and you're just seeing them at different points in the movie. Um, So like I, I actually like think there's a lot of evidence to make that what's actually going on, especially because like the relationship between Jack and Danny throughout the whole movie is is very contentious it seems so i don't know that that's like the one that i think fits the most like or at least seems the most um i don't know like concrete in some ways because then there's other ones where it's like it's about like the like the genocide of like native americans and stuff and there's there are there's a ton of imagery in the movie but some of it is just like there's a there's a can with an indian on it in the background (laughs) and i'm like yeah okay i i can see a world where a lot of these ideas 
are peppered in there Mm -hmm. almost as like a means to be like, you figure it out. Yeah. Like it can't, it can't, it could be, maybe it is, maybe it isn't like, he seems like the kind of uh, director and artist who would play on certain, you know, want to, want to point at certain um, topics or themes and give you opportunity to seek those out. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Honestly, I just think it's a really cool fucking movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's as far as my thought goes <laughs> into it. I was just going to say, that's the thing with it though, is on its own, it's a great horror movie, but even past that, there's so much to uncover that it, you know, it, it gives it all this rewatchability. And, uh, you know, it, if that is the case where he had a bunch of different things that he wanted to comment on and throw it in the movie, this is definitely the way to do it. Cause like, a couple, maybe even in the last episode as well, I had, I mentioned the five bloods where like the things that he Spike Lee wanted to talk about weren't like, there was a ton of them in the movie and they weren't subtle at all. This, yeah. there could be a ton of them and they are very subtle and it, it, it creates this, you know, timeless debate. And, uh, I think that's something that not a lot of people would, would do because I think they're like, Oh, well, this is my, this is my vision. This is what I want to talk about. I want people to know what I want to talk about. But I think Stanley Kubrick is someone that trusts the audience to be smart and wants to challenge them. And more directors should, should be that way. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're, uh, you know, we're talking about a movie that has been around since before we were born and, uh, it really has withstood the test of time, as we've said a hundred times now. And, Forever, I feel like this movie will be in everybody's like top, especially within like horror. Like this is like a top tenor for horror movies of all time. This could be, I guess, depending on your stylings. Like I feel like anybody who truly, really likes movies, this movie is going to be in like at least like your top 50, 30, 20, even Mm -hmm. maybe a lot of people's top tens. I'm sure there's a lot of people. This is their favorite movie and none of those are a wrong answer. So do you want to, do you want to hit me with what is probably the easiest tomato tomato of all time? Uh, I will, but I don't know if it's actually going to be the easiest tomato tomato of all time. Ooh. Tomato, the critics, they're bringing this in at an 84. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then tomato, the audience, they're bringing this in at a 93. So you got a B to an A minus. All right. <laughs> I'm shocked. I was really shocked by that too. <laughs> because that's who would... Re- that percentage is based on like people who would recommend it. I could see like, I could see a hundred percent of critics recommending watching this movie, but maybe not everybody's like, Oh, it's a perfect movie. So maybe they're like, it's a really good movie. It's like a, it's like a solid B movie. This is not a B movie. I'm going to, I'm going to say tomato. And maybe because it's such a classic and I've watched it so many times and I'll watch it forever. And I love it so much. Maybe I I'm missing things that don't make it great or don't make it perfect or should damage its grade. But like, fuck it. I'm giving this an A plus. This is such like a, it's a masterpiece. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, like I do, I do have a complaint about the movie, which is the characters. Like I think characterization isn't particularly strong on the movie, um, but I'm going, I'm going to motto also. And I think just for, you know, exactly what you said, this movie is a classic. It's, it's timeless. I'm just going to go a plus as well. I was between an A and an A plus and I'm, I'm in a good mood today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what did it. Uh, <laughs> not 
Kubrick or Nicholson or Duvall. None of, none of them. They had nothing to do with it. But you're in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. That's the thing is, I'm feeling so good today that I'm just going to give, you know, a few extra points just, just to stroke Stanley Kubrick's ego just because I feel like he could use it. Yeah, th- you know, this movie really needs a boost. So it's a good thing you did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't for you, the sales would be plummeting. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like I said, I bought it on 4K. Yeah. Well, we did our we did our part in in protecting the its legacy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we did it. No, I am actually glad we did this. It's fun doing like a little retro review. We haven't done a retro in a while. I think we actually we need to put up a Halloween bracket real it's, soon. Yeah, at the day of this recording, it's going to go up tonight. Um, we got to we got to talk about what movies are making the cut, though. Um, I did want to say this, though. I thought about this earlier. Just a real quick thing. We've done like maybe five or six retro reviews now on the show. This is the first time that the movie we're reviewing has a sound clip in our intro. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. We'll eventually review every movie that we use as a sound clip in our intro. Oh, great. So, we're doing the wicker man. Then we're doing wicker <laughs> man. We're doing Billy Madison. We're doing the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would do a room episode, the room episode. Yeah. I would do the room. Also. The only thing with the room is that I feel like the doing a review on the room is somewhat overdone. Oh, very much so. Yeah. So like, I don't know how much you can. And also with the disaster artist out and stuff like that. Like, I think we've both read the book, but the movie's out there. So I feel like there's not a lot of stuff that you can say about the room now, considering how everybody knows about it, that no one else is going to gonna like really know. It's like, yeah, it's, it's fucking terrible. And then these are all the things that he did wrong on set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no, no secrets. Although, argument can be made. Same thing about The Shining. Yeah. At least The Shining, though, has a lot of debate to it, which I know we didn't talk a ton about it, but a little bit. And... um. It is it is old enough where if you're like a really young listener, which I don't know if we have many of them, but like there are some people that maybe like haven't watched it that many times. So, right. Maybe you haven't seen all of those little those little things in there. There is a I mean, there is a lot. I mean, if we wanted to go crazy, we can do like a four hour episode. Just jump right into it. <laughs> but no. What a, what am I, Zack Snyder? Fucking. <laughs> Sitting around sniffing my own farts, trying to see if I can touch the tip of my shrimp dick to my stupid fucking lips. I love that uh, you watched Army of the Dead the other night and you were just like, I've lost faith in him. I was like, how did Army of the Dead break that? Like, how is it Army of the Dead that made you lose faith in him? No, I don't think I didn't say I lost faith in him. I just I said, um. Zack Snyder's a bullshit director. Oh, yeah. And I was, you were like, yeah, you're figuring that out now. (laughs) And I'm like, I already knew it, but I'm watching Army of the Dead and I'm just being constantly reminded for two and a half hours. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's like usually like the the extent of a lot of our conversations is one of us is something movie related. And if it's like that, we're like, this thing sucks. The other person's like, yeah, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's why those movies don't get an episode because it would literally just be like, fuck this and be like, yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> End of episode. Oh man. Well, I had a good time. I hope you guys had a good time. I hope Colin had a good time. I told you I'm in a good mood. But, uh, yeah. I'm in a good mood in a great mood. Um, 
again, want to say thank you to Sir Elton John Goodman, uh, Lil John, Okay Yeah, uh, Johnny Boy, Johnny Be Good, for for requesting this, for donating to the show. Uh, we hope we hope we gave you what you were looking for. <laughs> Massive disappointment. That that's what the two dudes promise. <laughs> so yeah. On on that note, I guess. I, I hope everybody has a spooky cocktober. And suck it, swampies. <laughs> <laughs>